0: I don't see financial habits as much different. They're hard to make a change. It's hard to stop overspending. Sometimes it's hard to, because of the emotions that go involved with the the, the joy of of spending. Um, but once you build those habits, just like your muscles and just like your physical habits, you do start to see the the fruits of that that labor and, and of that work. You know, getting our habits in line is probably the first thing because these kids are sponges.
1: This show is dedicated to helping you raise money-smart kids so that they can win the money game. Hello friends and welcome to the Money Dad Podcast. I'm your host Justin Chung. Well, I'm just getting back from a few trips over the summer. My wife and kids ended up taking a trip to the Azores Islands in Portugal at the end of June. We spent nine days in São Miguel, which is the largest island in the Azores. It was truly a beautiful part of Portugal with vivid coastal landscapes and we did a couple of hikes, walked through a lava tube, bathed in the thermal waters, and did some surfing. So all in all, it was a great trip. Speaking of trips, we also made our annual weekend trip up to Tobomory over the weekend. Tobomory, uh, which is a beautiful part of Ontario, is normally about a three and a half hour drive up from Toronto. But when you added sometimes cranky and hungry kids and charging an electric vehicle, ended up being a six hour trek up there. Uh, But all in all, it was a fun time when we got up there. We hiked into the grotto uh, with its crystal clear waters and dramatic caves and limestone cliffs that are overlooking Georgian Bay. I also recently purchased an inflatable paddleboard, which I've been eyeing for a long time, and the four of us were able to fit on that board and paddle out to a couple cool spots, including a shipwreck off Big Tub Harbour. I hope that wherever you are, you and your families are taking the opportunity to enjoy the summer holidays. Uh, and to enjoy each other's company. My guest on today's episode, Will Hoffman, knows something about helping his clients navigate through sometimes rough financial waters to help them achieve their goals. Will is an independent financial advisor who is passionate about making money make sense to his clients. I think that you're gonna enjoy this episode and it's especially relevant for the parents out there who are concerned that their own children are not prepared when it comes to inheriting family wealth. Now this wealth can be any size, big or small, and the children can be any age as well, as young Uh, as can be, as well as adult kids as well. Will shares best practices when it comes to seeing how his clients prepare their kids, and we discuss the role of financial literacy and really strategies to help the next generation be stewards of financial wealth. We also talk about the importance of financial habits, and what I really took away from it is that our financial habits as parents really truly influence the habits that our kids develop And have a meaningful impact on the trajectory of our children's lives. We talk about how his father, his own father, involved him when dealing with the death in their family, and how that process helped him become a better advisor and person. We also get into unique challenges that Gen Xers face, given that both he and I are Generation Xers, and his podcast is tailored around talking about the needs of Gen X. Alrighty, let's get into the show. This is episode number 45 of the Money Dad Podcast with Will Hoffman. If you enjoy any part of this episode, I would ask that you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it would help the podcast reach more people. And if you're new to the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Enjoy. Well, I'm delighted to be here today with my guest Will Hoffman. Will is a financial advisor and the founder of Hoffman Wealth Management, a firm that's dedicated to helping professionals create wealth plans that revolve around their financial goals. Will has over 20 years of experience in the financial services industry and is passionate about becoming his client's most trusted financial ally by providing independent wealth strategies. He's also the host of the Monetary Mixtape podcast, which is a podcast about wealth management for Gen Xers, which I've had the pleasure of being a guest on as well. Will is also the father of three boys and resides in Harrison City, Pennsylvania.
0: Will, welcome to the Money Dad podcast. Great to be here, Justin. Thank you so much for for inviting me on, and really thank you for doing what you do. Like you said, I'm a father of three young boys, and and your insight with the money, dad, and your goals is something that, as a parent, we're thankful for, and as a financial professional, our industry desperately needs. So uh, kudos to to your mission here, and thank you so much for for inviting me to join. I'm so
1: glad to have you on, and obviously we share that common thread of really helping. People out there and parents, you know, for my focus in terms of helping raise financially literate kids. And so having those conversations yeah. about money is, is definitely important and uh, what I'm passionate about. What I want to do was really start off with your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Can you talk to us about your journey and perhaps what's led you to develop your passion around making really money and financial information make sense to your clients?
0: Sure. So, like you mentioned in the intro, little over 20 years of experience as as a financial advisor and I just I immediately fell in love with the profession. I really enjoy talking with folks about money. I think that our firm has a talent in making the financial conversations relatable, you know, because folks can get very, very intimidated by this information and then find themselves in trouble. And, you know, financial trouble can follow you and be very, very hard to overcome. So that was really where my my love for the profession came from, was, was helping folks avoid that and in terms they can understand. And it's something that our clients have appreciated. They've, they've always, you know, when they've referred us to folks or explained to their friends what we do, that's always been the sticking point is, is Will makes this easy. Will's firm makes this easy for us to understand, relatable, and revolves around what our goals are. And everybody's goals are different. Everybody views money different. And that was kind of the catalyst for me becoming a founder of my own firm and going independent. Was you can see too much of you know, big firms have a goal. And that goal is to accumulate, manage as much, charge as much, sell as much as possible. And what was getting lost in that to me was what was best for our client, what was in their best interest, and what was what ultimately their goals were and how we get this to fit into their lives not how do we get them to fit into our sales objectives so very early on i, I you know had a, had a great experience with the firm that taught me this business but then just being fiercely independent as an individual wanted to to own my own business and and to strike out on this mission to create strategies that are revolving around what our clients are trying to accomplish
1: i wanted to Dig in a couple of things you just said there. I sure. think one was, you know, I like the fact that you want to make things relatable and easy to understand. I think so often there's people out there that are intimidated by sure. talking about money and money concepts. And, and a lot of times it can seem overly complex, but being able to boil it down to easy to understand and relatable terms in layman's language, I think it's so important to ensure that. You know, it breaks down those barriers where people don't feel afraid to ask questions right. and to talk about their situations. And you know, I think the reality is a lot of times the industry makes it more complex than it needs to be and and <laughs> and so, you know, I, I I like the fact that your firm does that and makes it easy to understand. And then I think the second part of what you said was, really, in terms of why you decide to break out on your own in terms of being independent, I think there's a lot of, financial advisors out there who are and firms that are not necessarily they're not giving unbiased advice right like they're sure. they're they're people uh, or they work for companies and institutions where they're advising clients to purchase investments or products that their institution sells or in order to make sales quotas and there's there certainly can be a conflict of interest there and so you know why is it so important that for those looking for financial advice to really work
0: specifically with an independent financial advisor because of exactly what you said in 20 years and, and in 20 years I've met a lot of great folks that are financial advisors. you know some of my best friends are advisors. some of the you know I, I don't I don't know that I know a, a bad advisor. Maybe that's just birds of a feather and by bad I mean you know misaligned with their clients' objectives. But in the independent channel, it's our business. It's our reputation. Our clients become kind of a product of our lives work. And, you know, them, to, to me, seeing my clients happy and achieving what they want to achieve from a life standpoint is, is more valuable, quite frankly, than, than the growth of our business. And our money plays such a large part in that because we got to pay bills. We, we have to, you know, we want to leave a legacy. And whether we want to pay bills and travel the world, whether we want to pay bills and you know live a, a work optional lifestyle, all of those things, the money becomes a very big catalyst as to the decisions that we can make and the options that we have. Um, it's not just tied to a a fancier car or a, a better wardrobe or a bigger home. The the money equates beyond success uh, a level of of contentment, excuse me, or a level of of, of happiness. That you know, if you're happy with those things, great. Let's let's figure out how to accumulate and get to them. But mm-hmm. if you're happy saying I only want to work six months out of the year and travel the other six months with my family, okay, great. Let's figure out how to accomplish that also. So there, there's a lot of things that that money gets tied into and equates to that revolves around our individual circumstances, not how many products a, a certain company has to sell that month or a sales goal or something. So that's what exists in the independent channel. There's been some regulatory changes in the US that are now forcing that in all channels, which to me is is great. It's cleaned up our business. It has f- put the focus solely around our clients. It was no real shock to most of my friends in the independent world because we were doing that already. So, and and we saw a lot of folks breaking away from big firms and into, you know, their own practices for that very reason.
1: I want to Talk to you now about really the role of financial literacy in helping prepare our next generation to be stewards of family wealth. I think you know there's a lot of parents out there, and maybe they're older that share a concern that you know how prepared are their children, their adult children, sure. when it comes to inheriting the family wealth. And, and let me be clear, like I think in terms of when I when I say family wealth, it could be any size, right? Like it could right. be thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. It could be. Anywhere on that spectrum, but it's really, you know, anywhere from that. So, and if you're unprepared to inherit that wealth, you're obviously susceptible to all sorts of challenges, whether that's excessive spending or poor investment decision making, and maybe even guilt over receiving money that you, you know, you're getting that you didn't earn yourself. And so the other aspect of kind of getting that inheritance usually comes at a time when there's some sort of Event that happens, obviously, you know, there's some sort of catastrophic event. It's the death of a family member. And so that kind of adds the whole grief and avalanche of emotions that comes with that. How should parents really prepare their kids to be good stewards of family wealth?
0: So, the first bit of advice I would give parents at any stage with any age children is to start involving them in some of these conversations. I know that sometimes money is an uncomfortable topic. You know, that's the last thing we want to talk about or worry about around the dinner table at any age. But I do think involving the next generation in these conversations is important, making sure they understand your desires and making sure they understand, you know, what it took to accumulate this money. This is viewed as a windfall for some folks, but it wasn't a windfall for the folks that earned it. So, you know, making sure they understand this is this is a part of my life's work. This is a part of, you know, whether it was running a business and growing a business, whether it was, you know, going to work from nine to five every day, you know, our work takes us away from our families to accumulate. And understanding that is important for the next generation because then they can at least have a clearer mind as to, okay, you know, dad worked his tail off for 50 years to earn this. I don't want to squander it on a Lamborghini. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I'm going to use this to educate my children because that's what, you know, dad would be happy with as being the culmination of his life work. Because there's documents we can put in place when it comes to wills and trusts and things that can be done to to control this, but you know, not every death is planned out as seamlessly as that, not everything is is, is expected with a time frame in and in, in your 90s. So, you know, making sure those conversations are had are the first piece of that, and and getting past that uncomfortable bit of conversation. You know, we try to when we work with folks, we we try to at least meet their. We call it their go to kid. You know, the the one that is, and, and every family usually has one. Mm-hmm. That we can see as being the the steward, as we can see as being the the executor or the decision maker in those events, so that so that it is not a surprise and we're meeting the first time when everybody is is kind of grieving. Just to make sure that the wheels are greased for that to happen smoothly and for those conversations to not be as, as uncomfortable or awkward or, or a surprise.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree that that communication really is beneficial in terms of making sure you know we teach kids to be good stewards of family wealth. I think involving our kids in those conversations is so important, right? It exposes yeah. it exposes them to um things at, at an age I guess, but right. in terms
0: of communicating your values and your desires while you're and, still here. And one other you know, talk to them about the mistakes you've made because we've all made them. We've all overspent when we shouldn't. We've all you know, maybe not been as prepared for a financial, the financial impact, you know, is some, our generation has, has unfortunately dealt with, you know, debt. You know, we were walking college campuses while they were trying to shove credit cards down our throat for a free t-shirt and, and use them and maybe not use them wisely. And, and it may be a bit embarrassing, but having those conversations with, with the kids about, listen, this is, this is the mistakes that I made. Don't make these, don't do this. I think is is just as important as understanding you know what it took to earn these assets and you know what your wishes are because you know those mistakes are humbling. We all wish we wouldn't have made them, but we did, and they they can kind of be wasted if we don't you know share them with our with our kids and with another generation because the outside influences and we talked about this when when you were a guest on our podcast, the outside influences are so tremendous and and can be perilous for for our kids when it comes to money you know we we it it drives me nuts our our school district has a little savers program and it's i know it's very well meaning but they entice these kids to put money in their savings account with some sort of tchotchke whether it's a stress ball or a balloon or a toy of some sort and this money's going in the bank and earning no interest yeah. <laughs> so i mean yeah. they're they're at least encouraging them to save but you know, we need to do better, and you know, and, and a shout out to our school district. They're they're requiring, I think, starting next year, they're going to start requiring a financial literacy class to graduate from high school. That's good, um, which is something that we've asked to participate in because it's it is it's it's important to to help these kids and and help the next generations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In this day and age, here, saving's the first building block. You got to have that habit of doing it so that you your kids can develop, you know, that habit, that muscle, that that yeah. discipline to be able to do it. But you can't have that alone. Otherwise you're you're going backward real sure. fast. And so a key component of or building on top of that is really using that money and to invest it. And you want to invest yeah. it to generate returns that can help you keep up with rising
0: inflation. Right. And if um, Well and and liability, you know I, my father owned a still owns a, a property and casualty insurance agency. Mm-hmm. And how much these folks don't understand about insurance, you know, so when it's time to get your driver's license, have a conversation about why insurance is is important. What's necessary beyond, you know, minimum coverage and why? You know, there's a, there's a lot of things from a from a liability protection standpoint that that need to be understood. Taxes Are are a big component of of building or or keeping wealth and understanding. You know, there's just there's so much that's going to go into their financial lives in addition to inheriting your financial life that that even goes beyond picking a wise investment or or picking a financial advisor. Understanding, you know, insurance and taxes and and compounding interest. It's no wonder it's intimidating information. Because it mm-hmm. it is a lot, you know. We spend our time in it every day, and you know. So the intimidation factor is gone. But I equate it to you go to a doctor, and and you're intimidated when you hear a doctor speak, and they're not. It, it's kind of the same thing. You know, we're just we spend our lives in it the way doctors do. Yep. Yeah.
1: In, in your financial services practice of really helping your clients, are there best practices or or common thread that you notice from families who are doing a good job of preparing their kids to Inherit or take over that wealth. I mean, you mentioned that. Uh, what you do is really meet with the kind of the go-to kid, right? And right. There, there is, there is definitely. I'd say, yeah, in every family, there's sort of that go-to who's, who's probably more in tune with, with you know, the family's finances, or or right. at least shows, you know, maturity level that they could probably handle that. But are there are there other things that you notice or
0: um, it, it's you know we get our habits from our parents we get our financial habits from our parents and and that's that's kind of what has made the the baby boomer generation so interesting because those habits we didn't watch our pa- baby boomers didn't watch their parents make the same decisions that they have to make their parents picked a date that they could start social security and start their pensions and that was it mm-hmm. uh baby boomers were the first generation that really had the 401k exposure. So they were responsible for a bit of their retirement planning. It didn't fall on the shoulders of their company with their pension and, and social security. Um, and Gen X, and, and why I'm so passionate about Gen X is we're the first generation that will fully be responsible for that because pensions have kind of fallen by the wayside here. So those habits are, are so, so important. And if you had parents that overspend, Chances are you're going to overspend. If you had parents that were very diligent about saving and investing, chances are you're going to be very diligent about saving and investing. And financial habits, what we have learned, and just this is just based on experience. I'm sure there's some science behind this and some neuroscience. There, I, I will equate them to physical habits. They're hard at first, and then you start. You know, you don't immediately see the results or the success, and then all of a sudden it clicks, and you have this. You know this. This th- you start to have great success and start to see the the rewards of those habits. I don't see financial habits as much different. They're hard to make a change. It's yeah. hard to stop overspending. Sometimes it's hard to because of the emotions that go involved in, with the 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 joy of of spending. Um, But once you build those habits, just like your muscles and just like your physical habits, you do start to see the the fruits of that that labor and, and of that work. So that may be a, a A long route to answer your question, but, you know, getting our habits in line is probably the first thing because these kids are sponges. They're watching, they watch everything we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, They watch the good, they watch the bad and, and making sure those habits are in line with, with what we want them to perpetuate is, is very, very important.
1: They're watching you do more than what, and they're following what you do as opposed to what you say.
0: A lot, a lot of you know, they're,
1: they're gonna, you know, you might be saying one thing. But what you're doing might be completely different. Mm-hmm. So they're they're following your actions, right? So that's why it's important to have you know our
0: actions aligned with
1: what we're saying because yes. that's ultimately what what they're, you know, the actions are ultimately what they're gonna be following. So
0: sure. And and you can tell them you can tell them not to curse, but if you slip, guess what? <laughs> the yeah. four-year-old is gonna let one fly and all of a sudden everybody's embarrassed at at Thanksgiving dinner because they know where he learned it because you let one slip. So it, it's no different with money and having good habits yourself, especially if you have to change your habits is is important because there's been a big transition in, in the financial decisions that are necessary. And those habits may, may not be ingrained in us yet. And then, uh, you know, I can't stress enough involving them in an L you know, they don't need to understand everything, but Probably the biggest impact on, on my life, and it wasn't even necessarily financial. My grandfather, he was 86 when he passed away, so I don't know if you can ever really be surprised that an 86-year-old passes away, but he he passed away suddenly, something our family wasn't prepared for, you know, wasn't incredibly planning for. And when that occurred, my dad immediately involved me in the the decision making process with with him and my uncle from going to the funeral home and and understanding what that looked like now i because i'm in this profession i was able to lend some support to my grandmother when it came to you know things like changing bank accounts understanding life insurance and, and having those conversations i had had them plenty of times before but you know that could have been something my dad was you know perfectly capable of doing and he involved me in in that process so that he knows listen this is going to be the guy that has to do it for me so <laughs> i want to make sure he understands yeah, yeah. what's going to happen and, and then when my grandmother you know when she got sick and and they had to put her into a, a nursing home involving me in that process and i think he did that because he wants me to make sure I pick a nice nursing home <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with pretty views on a golf course or something, but, you know, making sure, you know, I understood what that process looked like. And again, to me, it was second nature because I do it every day, Yeah. but understanding, quite frankly, it made me a better advisor um, because I saw what it was like from the family's perspective, saw what it was like to, to understand that decision to put somebody in a home Saw what it was like to have to deal with these while we're grieving because, you know, again, at 86, we, you can't be surprised, but, but we were, we were devastated when my grandfather passed away. Um, he was a great man and and I miss him every day and, you know, dealing with grief in addition to dealing with, you know, getting his name off a bank account, something as simple as that is that is tough for a widow that's grieving, so seeing that from from the family perspective was important, and and it made me it made me a better advisor, made me a better professional as well.
1: Well, I think what your dad did in terms of getting you involved with, you know, with your grandfather's passing and some of the decision making that happened after the fact, as well as you know, for your grandmother going into a home, it's that's so key, right? Like involving kids, making sure that we involve our kids in those types of major decisions. To make sure that they are not surprised, or you know that they're they're able to handle those down the road, like you know, yeah. essentially, and getting them involved in in getting them to expose to that. I know for my, like from my own perspective, my dad. I think one of the things that helped me anyway was that you know my dad would regularly have conversations with me about money and and some of the things that he was dealing with. You know, Hong Kong. Um, there is you know there's some property there, and so he. Made it a conscious decision, I think, to get me involved. One, I think part of it was just he was trying to figure things out as well and and wanted my help. (laughs) But two, I think he wanted to make sure that I was fully aware of these types of things so that, you know, they're not a surprise when I have to deal with them. And so, you know, when he passed, you know, obviously, which was sudden, which I wasn't necessarily fully prepared for, but at least I had that, you know, from a State perspective, financial perspective. I had that kind of grounding or that previous experience, so it wasn't, you know, it just didn't come out of nowhere, right? Yeah. So, so I think that's you know helpful for parents out there who are going through different life changes, whether that's themselves or or their grandparents or a different situations, to look for those opportunities and be intentional about bringing your kids into those experiences and having those yeah. conversations, because I think it will serve them. You know, and, and help them to to be more prepared for things.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the the other thing, and I'm just kind of maybe having an epiphany live on <laughs> on your podcast. You know, my my folks were very diligent about you know making sure my brother and sister and I worked. You know, my like I said, my dad owned an insurance owns an insurance agency. You know, while we weren't sitting in a desk selling insurance, we were cutting the grass at the office. We were, you know, my dad had some rental properties that that my brother and I would have to, you know, cut grass and paint and do some things and and understanding, I don't know if it was his intention, but understanding what it took to to care for these assets, to care, you know, to take care of this business. My mom, it's always funny, she, it would snow and she looked, she may have looked at it as, as an opportunity for, to get us out of the house, but listen. Ways that need to be shoveled at our neighbor's house. You're not going to sit on your duff while you can go make some money. Go work. Yeah. So it, it was even beyond the uh, you know asset care, but also the asset accumulation. You're going to go work. You're going to go earn money. You're going to have chores that that you get an allowance. But you know, if you want things, you got to earn it. And we're not just going to keep handing you cash for for the reason, especially when you're old enough and capable enough to to go earn which was was probably a bigger impact than than they realized or than I even realized until this point it was you know caring for an asset that wasn't necessarily cash and what watching my dad care for our home you know cut the grass and, and take care of his cars and wash cars and and wax cars and you know why dad why do I have to do this who cares? Well you have to take care of something you know you have something you work hard for it and then you have to learn to take care of it was was an important lesson that that like i said until now maybe didn't even realize how how important that was and it was building those habits that you really don't realize now i'm I'm probably not as diligent about washing my cars as my dad was but <laughs> 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 just don't tell him that
1: <laughs> people wash cars these days i guess so yeah uh, i do but- I, I like a clean car and, <laughs> uh,
0: but like i said not as diligent as my dad my dad was and still is and and I know that comes from his grandfather who was, there's a story in our family about my, my grandfather, my great grandfather went to trade in a car and was very disappointed in the value that he was being given because of how clean he kept the engine mm. and thought that he should have got a higher <laughs> trade in value because look at how clean that engine is. What do you mean that's all you're going to give me? So that that's just a, a funny story in our family. Right. Right you know, it goes back generations and generations of, of habit building. And, and, you know, unfortunately generations of bad habits, um, occur also and, and understanding how to, to get over those and, and, you know, change that trajectory is, is important.
1: Well, you talked about or your parents making sure that you, uh, work and earn money that, that you develop that skill set and that habit of doing that. I think, I think that's one thing that, you know, again, maybe it's a generalization. I see that not being more prevalent these days. I think, I think a lot of times parents are not doing that enough, like making sure that their kids sure. learn that habit. And to me, it's, it's either getting a job and, and learning that, or it's really, you know, looking for ways or opportunities to start your own business or to be entrepreneurial, whether it's cutting your neighbor's grass or, or, or whatever. But you know i th- i see that as an opportunity for parents to ensure they have their kids develop that habit and that yeah. that mindset to do so 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 it's definitely one thing that parents should should look to do and i think the other thing you talked about was really yeah taking care of assets and you know so i have rental properties and so what i do is i i try to get my kids or at least my 8 year old anyway to expose them to that right to, yeah. to help understand that side of things where whether that's no, i, I get them to deposit rent checks yeah i guess now it used to be in the atm now it's now it's through a mobile app that you can just <laughs> take a picture <laughs> scan them from the a car right it. yeah <laughs> but but yeah helping him understand that oh this is an asset that we ha- you know we have an asset we've got customers right tenants or customers they they pay rent and for that you know we, there's certain things that need to be done with the property to maintain it and to make sure that they're that they're happy and that, that they continue, right. the customers continue to pay money to you. So, yeah, so th- those are important things. I wanted to flip it here in terms of you know we talked about Gen Xers earlier, yeah. and th- and that's obviously a huge focus of the podcast that you have you know the Monetary Mixtape podcast. Right. And you know you and I are both Gen Xers, right? Born right. born in the late seventies, and so as Gen Xers, you know we're dealing with raising our kids, but also you know, dealing with aging parents. and so can you tell us about some of the those unique challenges that Gen Xers may face as they grapple with not only managing their own finances but dealing with those aging parents, trying to raise their kids to be more financial literate and how and how those can be overcome?
0: yeah. so you know there it's no secret, and I'm sure every generation had this time in their life and it's just you know gen x's turn right now but you know we're spread very thin we we're professionals with, that are working we're parents that are you know raising our kids and you know with the, the longevity effect that that modern science has has given us you know there's a lot of cases where we we do have to help our parents whether it's now taking care of um you know their asset their house their you know now we're cutting the grass and not getting an allowance right so <laughs> we're uh but we're we're spread thin and it what becomes important is is to not lose sight of what our objectives are and it may sound a little selfish and, and but we have we have to maintain our vision as to what you know we're trying to accomplish what our financial goals are what what our you know life goals and our family goals are and keeping that is is the center of your value system becomes important so it it's, it, it is an increasingly difficult challenge for for Gen Xers to to care for all of these things but keeping sight on on what's important you know and and one thing that and, there, and there's incredible resources that are being introduced every day. Not being afraid to ask for help when, it, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our parents. There's there's resources all the time, and I. I it's never a great situation when you have to ask for somebody to, to to care for a loved one that that you feel like that you should or want to do, but it becomes important. To, to ask for help. And, and it's something that, you know, a lot of us can be too prideful and don't want to ask for help. We feel that, listen, this is my obligation. They're my parents. But but asking for and getting that help becomes important for, for your life, for for quite frankly, for your mental health, in addition to, you know, your your physical health and the things you're trying to accomplish. It, it it's important. And then quite frankly, then learn from it. Because you know find out if you're in your you know 40s or 50s and you need to understand how do I not perpetuate this trend you know start building those things into your financial plan mm-hmm. um, and that that's i guess the two biggest things that, that asking for help and then you know learning from it to not perpetuate the the cycle is is important and you know it's when i when we're working with Gen X clients and they do reach out for that help the relief that not only that they experience, but sometimes that they're even that their parents experience—you you can see, you can visibly see it, and you can almost see it immediately. Mm. It just is a, a sensation of a relief that okay, everybody's in the place where they need to be. It doesn't mean that we're you know, dropping mom or dad off and never going to see them. I always think of um, Happy Gilmore, the movie Happy Gilmore when when Happy takes his grandmother to the, the nursing home. And Ben Stiller plays the nurse, and they're making her like sew things to, so that they can sell them. You know, we know that that's that's a fabrication, but the relief that typically comes over everybody's, you know, face immediately is is important, and and you can then you know we did the right thing because. You know what we've learned through our experience is the older generations don't want to be a burden and that may be a kind of a negative connotation there but sometimes they feel like they they could be and they try to do too much and they hurt themselves because they don't want to be a burden it's just as important as them to for them to ask for help as it is for us to ask for help when it comes to taking care of them in in that scenario yeah it's definitely important to make sure that you reach out and ask for help when you're going
1: through that and you're not alone you know you're not we're not dealing sure. with us alone, right? So we-, we Well, and that, that was
0: the motivation for the monetary mixtape was all of the financial, it seemed like all of the financial discussions were happening for either baby boomers- Yep. Or millennials. And, and you know, we're, we're used to getting skipped, it's which is the Gen okay. It's the are,
1: are the lost generation. It's the lost generation. Right? The lost generation.
0: <laughs> we just had a conversation. It's a, it's a generation full of middle children's syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, we feel lost and skipped over- but I don't look at it as a negative. I, I I look at the fact that we were skipped as as a positive because you know our generation was the birth of latchkey kids. yeah we we were around and, and a part of so much innovation when it come came to tech, when it came to culture and and movies, especially music. I think they just knew we'd figure it out. They knew we were capable. They knew we were, you know, resourceful. They knew we were tough and they said, okay, th- we don't need to worry about this generation. You know, they were, <laughs> they were think, raised by Biggie and Tupac so they can <laughs> figure this out. This is easy for them. I, I think, I don't know they, I mean, that's a good, that's one way of looking at it, but I think the other <laughs> way is just, they were, they were too busy.
1: They were too busy trying to fend for themselves. Right. But I remember, I remember, yeah, as a kid, you know, me and my brother would walk home from school. We were probably like. I know. I was maybe like nine, (laughs) Nine. go walk, go home, walk home to school, you know, walk home from school, go (laughs) home, lock the door. Don't answer the phone and don't open the door.
0: Right. Uh, And And don't call me at work (laughs) unless somebody is bleeding. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you think about it now and, and and maybe we're doing our, I I don't know. I, I know we're doing it because we've, it's in the best interest of our kids, but, yeah. In the summertime, you couldn't find me. You know, it, we opened our eyes, we ate some sugary cereal and we were out the door playing baseball or kickball or dodgeball or football or something somewhere in, a, in an empty lot. And we came home when we were hungry or didn't have any money to go to the convenience store and get, you know, a Twinkie for lunch.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and we would never
1: let our kids do that now. I know. It's a different time. Yeah. I remember my parents would... You know, I would I would go play with friends, go biking. Right. I'd, I there's
0: one time I biked to not even need a car. I wasn't even that yeah. worried about a driver's yeah. license. I yeah. bike. Right. Yeah. It, it yeah. was. You know, yeah. I, I needed a driver's license because the girls weren't impressed with the bike anymore. So, yeah, it was. You know, but now we would never say, it's "Okay, different. kids, I'll see. I'll see, be at home by five o'clock for dinner. Yeah. Be careful." Yeah, it's a different. It's a different time. It's a different yeah.
1: age. Why what I want to the next. Part of the podcast is really now our rapid fire round, uh, what I call the fast five. So I'm going to ask you five questions, and I want you to answer those questions with one or two sentences. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Question number one is, what's one of your favorite books that you've
0: read and enjoyed? I can't really get into nonfiction. Sort of in the fiction. Excuse me. Probably one of the most impactful was The Millionaire Next Door. I read it when I was a senior in college, and probably is what shaped my vision for my career. That's
1: a great man. Question number two is: When you're not working, what do you love to do in your spare time?
0: Uh, I'm a sports junkie. Coaching my kids, helping coach my kids. Uh, I run. Just completed the Pittsburgh half marathon last weekend. Oh, wow! And getting congrats. ready for the New York City marathon in November. So that that's you know sports and, and staying in shape are important to me. Absolutely.
1: Question number three is, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
0: Wow. Plan your work, work your plan. Uh, it's something my dad says uh, would say all the time. Uh, we, we put it in place in our business at home. Maybe I like to plan a little bit too much and I'm not as spontaneous as I should be, but plan your work, work your plan. Is, is, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's his saying, or I'm sure my grandfather probably said it to him as well.
1: Okay. And question number four is if you could sit down and have dinner with anyone
0: dead or alive, who would it be? I I say it all the time. There's a lot of great folks I would like to have dinner with, but, but I miss my, my grandparents a lot. Um, so it's probably fourfold. I would love to have one more meal with, with all of them, uh, if I could.
1: When I, when I asked that question to, to guests, I think that that becomes a common theme where everyone would love to have some time, spend some time with their grandparents, right? Like it's, it'd be such a cool conversation to have with, with them again and just
0: have those conversations. I had, I had four great ones. Yeah. My, my mom's parents retired to Florida, but my, her dad was one of the most innately intelligent people that I had ever been around. Her mom was, who taught me how to play basketball, which is, is kind of funny. And then my, my dad's parents uh, were around us a lot, never missed a basketball game or a track meet or, or anything. And we do, we miss them all the time.
1: Absolutely. And then finally, what's the one conversation that you recommend parents have with their kids today about money?
0: Understanding if you do this, you get that. Whether it is if you work, you get paid. If you save, you accumulate. If you invest you can earn understanding that there is a benefit to all of those those actions mm. but understanding how important if i do this i get that is when it comes to money right yep
1: understanding those benefits and understanding the the consequences of not doing something as well yeah well as we wrap up here well, where can my listeners get in contact with you if they're interested you know, in understanding and working with you further, or, or sure. where can they go to
0: learn more about what you're doing? Well, the, the Monetary Mixtape is a great way for, and I know we have a Gen X focus, but really there's a lot of insight there for everybody. That podcast is is become very important to us and really the most fun I've had in the last 20 years of this business. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, just under Will Hoffman, AIF. On, on LinkedIn, you know, connect with me, chat me up. If you have any questions, our website, HoffmanWealth.com, is a great way to get in touch with us as well. The, those are all you know easy ways to to reach out and, and and to engage. Awesome. And and we'll have all those links
1: in the show notes as well. And and I definitely recommend everyone check out the Monetary Mixed Day podcast. I think, you know, I commend you for putting that out there and really just helping to reach Gen Xers and helping get to know really, or expose some of the challenges that, you know, we are going through and helping, uh, helping to talk through some of that. So I appreciate you, you know, for being on the show. I appreciate, you know, the insights that you shared here today, whether that's, you know, involving kids in our conversations about money and making sure that it's not an uncomfortable topic, helping them develop habits, right. To ensure those habits are started and ingrained, because a lot of times, obviously a lot of the habits that we have is as kids, they come from our parents, right? So yeah. making sure that that's in place and and really sharing a lot of the insight that uh, you did today, and just helping helping us understand, you know, how do we prepare our next generation to be good stewards of family wealth? So appreciate all this, well, and thanks so much.
0: Yeah, thank you, and and again, I said at the beginning, I'll say it again. Thank you so much for for the mission that you're um, that you're on with this podcast. It's important. I, I think I mentioned when you were on ARPS, we we encourage our 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 clients to listen. our our families to listen. You're doing great work and and it's important work that, that our generation thanks you for that. Our profession thanks you for. So again, thank you for for what you're doing and, and for inviting me to be on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the money dad podcast. If this podcast has brought value to you, make sure to hit the subscribe button. So you never miss an episode. For more info or to connect with Justin Chung, visit www.moneydadpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.